0: Locked On Boston Bruins Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. To keep up with the Locked On Boston Bruins Podcast, please follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can also find me at Ian C. McLaren. Please subscribe to the Locked On Boston Bruins Podcasts Wherever you listen to your other podcasts, whether it be Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, Apple users in particular, please add a rating and a review. That would be very much appreciated. Now, today on the show, we are going to review the 2011 Boston Bruins Stanley Cup champion Zoom call that happened uh, Tuesday evening. What a show that was, and we will uh, just break down some of the highlights from that. Uh, Also, opened up the mailbag this week for some highlights from the 2019-20 Boston Bruins, and then, of course, we'll take a look at some news and notes from around the hockey world. Now, in case you missed it, and, uh, you know, I feel bad for you if you did, the 2011 Bruins reunited Tuesday night to watch Game 7. On Nessun, Uh, they gathered on Zoom and on the Bruins YouTube channel to share some stories from the win nine years ago, to catch up, to make fun of one another, to drink publicly. Um, It was quite a spectacle and I very much enjoyed it. It was one of the highlights of quarantine for sure. And if you did miss it, then you missed quite a lot, actually. Pretty much every member of the team was in attendance, save for Nathan Horton, who was said to be on the moon and couldn't get a Wi-Fi signal. Uh, Thomas Cabrille made an appearance, but he dropped out pretty quick. And a uh, former teammate's joked that he was out delivering groceries. That might be reference to a recent story that he was delivering food for a family restaurant. Uh, lately Uh, Michael Ryder came in from Newfoundland a little bit late um, but yeah pretty much everyone was in attendance even former Bruins like Johnny Boychuk, Milan Lucic, Tyler Sagan, uh, Mark Reckie, Tim Thomas, uh, Gregory Campbell uh, like I mentioned Michael Ryder, Shay Knighty was there, Rich Peverly, Chris Kelly, Andrew Ferentz, Sean Thornton, even Adam McQuaid jumped on Some current guys, uh, Zdeno Chara, Brad Marchand, Patrice Bergeron, David Krejci, Tuka Rask were also in attendance. Uh, The event, not event, I was going to say evening and event. The event was sponsored by Bud Light, and that's what uh, Tyler Sagan was shown drinking throughout the night. Uh, Other guys had other beverages of choice. Uh, Milan Lucic had a bottle of wine. That had a 2011 Stanley Cup Champions label on it, uh, which he pretty much downed. I think at one point, Mark Reckie was drinking vodka and orange soda. Um, Yeah, so it was quite a mix of uh, beverages. And you could tell that throughout the night, things got progressively amped up as the liquid content kind of uh, diminished in the respective cans and bottles that the guys were were bringing up. Um, Gregory Campbell was one of the more outspoken players on the call. Many were calling him the MVP of the night. Um, I found him to be a, a bit much. I'd say if there was an MVP, I'd probably say Milan Lucic, not only for some of the stories that he told, but also uh, he was able to rein it in a bit and offer some Pretty nice moments as well. Now, where should we even start? Some of the highlights that stood out to me uh, came from uh, Milan Lucic, like I said. Uh, I tuned in a bit late, but he uh, came up with a pretty big zinger early on in my viewing. um, Referring to, there was some sort of discussion about, well first of all, uh, Lucic saw Ryan Kessler on the screen, and he said, look at this effing guy about Kessler. Some guys were like, okay, okay, tone it down. And he's like, he's not even in the league anymore. F him. So that was pretty funny. But then it got really good when uh, they were talking about Tim Thomas being bumped at some point during Game 7 and how goalie contact has diminished in years since then. That was one of the really interesting hockey-related things that – came out of this Zoom call. they Like I said, they talked about how goalie contact has diminished, how um, hits during that series and during that playoff run would result now in much greater penalty than they were. We think of the Aaron Rome hit in uh, Game 3, but there were other incidences in that series, even that game, where Andrew Ference was hit And he said that he busted his shoulder and it it affected him all the rest of the summer. How, you know, the penalties for that would be far greater today than they were back then, even just nine years ago. Anyways, so they were talking about how goalie contact has lessened over the years. And Milan Lucic uh, chirped in and said, I wonder what happened for that to go away. And he was clearly referencing his hit on Ryan Miller, which occurred in a game between the Bruins and the Buffalo Sabres back in 2011. So this was in November of 2011. Uh, Lucic just steamrolled Ryan Miller, who was outside of his crease trying to play the puck. Uh, Lucic answered, he said, he shouldn't have been standing there, stay in your crease, no. And then Chris Kelly pumped in and said, you ruined their entire season that year. Andrew Ference responded by saying you ruined the entire organization and if you remember the Sabres were actually in first place at the time and I mean it was early on the season but uh, there was really a call for the Sabres to um, respond Um, they lost 23 of their next 33 games missed the playoffs and just really seemed to rattle the team as a whole so Um, You know, obviously they weren't a powerhouse per se, but um, it really did seem to throw their whole season off kilter and uh, led to, you know, rebuilding. Well, not directly, but you know what I mean. Um, Another hilarious moment was, you know, I don't really want to get too deep in the waters here, but there was definitely some awkwardness with Tyler Sagan being present on the call with Nathan Horton being absent. There was um, a port, port, a point in the conversation where uh, the Bruins were talking about Martian and Seguin partying very hard after the Cup win. Gregory Campbell said, "I remember Seg sitting on the sidewalk with a uh, never mind." Now you can kind of read between the lines here and put the pieces together as to the reasons why both Nathan Horton and Tyler Sagan ended up leaving Boston. And if you connect the dots there, you see kind of what Campbell was referring to and how awkward that must have been for Sagan. Actually, I'm surprised he lasted for the whole call with just that awkwardness hanging over with how close Lucic and Horton are and also David Krejci still to this day. Uh, So yeah, that was kind of... Uh, pretty funny and also pretty awkward. Another moment that stood out for me was Chris Kelly uh, chirping Brad Marchand. Marchand was uh, the victim of many chirps uh, on the night. A lot from Gregory Campbell. He and Campbell went back and forth for a good two or three minutes. Uh, Campbell really poking fun at Marchand's clothing line and, and why he needs to do that if, if he's hurting for cash, things like that. At one point, Chris Kelly said to Marchand, once Bergie retires, your game's going to shit, <laughs> which I thought was was pretty hilarious. Um, and then, you know, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention a comment by Tugarask, who recently had uh, a child with, with his wife, their third daughter. He made a really unfortunate comment. I know he was just kidding. I know he loves his daughters. Uh, But he made reference to the fact that he does not have a son. And I know he's getting roasted for that. And with, with good reason. I, I mentioned that to my wife and, and she cringed pretty hard and said that's pretty awful. But I know in the context and who Rask is off the ice that he is a loving family man. And uh, still, it was an unfortunate thing uh, for him to say for sure. And, and probably one of the reasons why. Uh, The stream is um, locked up at this point. Now, one of the nicer moments, like I said, uh, Lucic kicked off a couple of toasts along the way. First was to uh, Tim Thomas. He said, I haven't seen Timmy T in a long time. You were the MVP that season. 938 save percentage. What a historic season for a goalie. Tank, I appreciate what you did that year. I love you, man. And then later, after the Bruins had won, uh, the game was over. Uh, Lucic again asked the guys to raise a glass. He said, let's just cheers to the fact that we got our names on the cup, that we won together. This is a family that we will have for the rest of our lives. I love you guys and cheers. At one moment, there was uh, a text that was sent by uh, Dennis Seidenberg that all the guys got. I know when Rich Peverly was on this podcast, he mentioned that there's a group chat that continues to this day, and you can really see the bond that was created between these guys. It was a long time since some of these guys had connected with each other. There was points where guys were asking, kind of, you know, where are you? Where are you at these days? Uh, but it was cool to see that bond that was created, and obviously there were a lot of inside jokes that were alluded to that couldn't be talked about openly. Um, And there was also, you know, some good natured ribbing, some chemistry that still obviously existed, some appreciation that you could see guys had for players like uh, Mark Reckey, Dennis Seidenberg, kind of those older guys who um, aren't playing anymore. Um, Michael Ryder guys could, um, there was a lot of love for him as, as kind of that laid back guy that um, guys really seem to have fun with. You know, overall, it was um, very, very entertaining. Oh, yeah. One other uh, note that was pretty funny, not funny, but um, enlightening was Luigi asked Bergeron if Burroughs actually bit him. He said, yes, he still has the bite mark. Uh, he said, I don't, I don't know if that's true, but speaking of the Canucks, uh, Roberto Luongo tweeted on Wednesday morning a screenshot of uh, the, uh, the call and said, this is precisely what my nightmares have looked like. And it was, uh, you know, a screenshot of the 20 or so Bruins, um, that were gathered on the call. All that to say, it was well worth taking the time to watch this, to witness the camaraderie that exists between all these players. Uh, To this day, you know, nine years later, it really made me think about the 2019-20 Bruins and what it would be like to to sit through a call uh, with those guys all together after, uh, you know, what should have been a win last year. And, um, yeah, I don't really know what to say. It really filled me with some warm feelings, memories from watching the 2011 run from the comfort of my own home. Uh, Even just watching it, most of the games alone, (laughs) uh, because I don't have a lot of fellow Bruins fans up here, to be reminded of those characters, of the impact that they had on my life back then, of uh, how special it was to watch my favorite hockey team win a Stanley Cup, and to kind of be reminded of that with them was very special. I am sure... Eric Russo of the Bruins and the team would have liked them maybe to analyze the game a bit more, to talk about memories specific to that run. But, uh, you know, it was very entertaining nonetheless, and uh, I really enjoyed it. Hopefully they at least uh, released some sort of highlights of it uh, so that uh, those of you who didn't tune in are able to at least uh, you know get a taste uh, of what was going on. And again, I was really struck by Lucic's candor and also his sentimentality. I think that was one of the favorite things for me. I know he's oft maligned as a guy who's lost a step and Bruins fans, for the most part, are pleased that the team made the decision to part ways with him rather than re-signing him and kind of being stuck with the contract that he now has with the Flames, previously the Oilers. Uh, But for me... Uh, The Ryan Miller story is, is Kessler chirps and his toasts. Those were the highlights for me. And uh, looking back at some of the highlights, I, I remember now how dominant he was and how much of an important part he was for that team. And you can tell that he was really happy to be part of it, that it was special for him to win in Vancouver and that he really has fond memories of his time with the Bruins. And I'm sure part of him wishes he was still part of the team with some of the core guys that are still around. Uh, But for me, yeah, that was uh, the highlight of the night for me. And again, I wish Nathan Horton could have been there Uh, for whatever reason. He was not on the call and um, I just uh, hope he's doing well wherever he's at. So again, yeah, hopefully you can check out some of the highlights at some point. You can see some of the clips going around on Twitter Uh, For those who are are really hard up for this content. But hopefully I was able to give you some sort of picture of of how great it was. For this week's mailbag, I asked listeners to send me their uh, favorite moments or memories or storylines from the 2019-20 season, such as it was. I know... It was cut short, and we're all uh, pretty bummed about that. But there were obviously a lot of great things from this past season. And uh, let's explore some of those right now. First person to answer, which isn't a surprise, was uh, William Nickerson, our buddy at SquillBill95. And he said... The two-line brawls game against the Lightning. Oh, we all remember that. It was just before the NHL pause, and it really got me and pretty much everyone pumped about the idea of a Bruins-Lightning playoff matchup. The Bruins were on track to play the second wildcard team in the Easter Conference, the Maple Leafs and Lightning we're on track to meet in the first round and I don't think anybody would have picked the Maple Leafs to beat the Lightning at this point and you know it would have been cool to see a Bruins Tampa Bay meet up in the second round of the playoffs especially after that game and just the bad blood that had been brewing. The Lightning had really loaded up with some physicality in uh, Barkley Goodrow, Blake Coleman Pat Maroon was there, who, um, you know, was part of last year's Blues team that beat the Bruins. Um, So that would have been really great to see. But uh, for the time being, that's going to be put on hold. But yeah, that game really gave us a tantalizing preview of what could be in the playoffs. Next up, we have um, Sam Leeper at Sam R. Leeper. She said the rise of the great Brandon Carlo. I would have to agree. Brandon Carlo emerged as one of the top defensive defensemen, you know, I'd be willing to say in the league this year. His steady presence, you know, alongside uh, Torrey Krug is a bit more offensive-minded, a bit more freewheeling. That pairing is just so good, and we all hope that it remains together for some time, even though Krug is, of course, a UFA but yeah brandon carlo he surprised a bit with some offensive contributions but he's more known as a minute muncher in the defensive end um doesn't really push the needle offensively apart from those you know couple outbursts that he had but he also doesn't allow much in the defensive end and he is going to be a key part of the Bruins' blue line for quite some time, especially with Zdeno Chara nearing the end of his career. He's really going to step in, I think, and be that steady, reliable, defensive presence. And the Bruins are quite lucky to have him. Between him and McAvoy, um, those are two really key foundational pieces for the Bruins uh, coming up for the future. Court Lalonde. At Court Lalone, he said Pasta is becoming an elite player in the league and his performance at the All-Star game. I mentioned that on Monday as my highlight of the season. The fact that David Pasternak emerged as an elite goal scorer sharing the lead with Alexander Ovechkin for goals and if the season were to end right now he'd therefore be a co-winner of the Rocket Richard Trophy. But he also displayed uh, some defensive responsibility that wasn't there before. He has proven to be an elite uh, playmaker as well. He had uh, much more primary assists than both Alexander Ovechkin and Austin Matthews in five-on-five play. So he is an offensive driver as well. And yeah, him becoming a Hart Trophy candidate this season was a, a real highlight for me. And, and I do agree with you there, Court. Um couple more, Sarah Griffin, who's been on the podcast a couple times at SKG underscore 18. Those of you who know her know that she is a very big Charlie McAvoy supporter, and she noted his first goal was a highlight of the season. Uh, it took him a while, but he finally did get that first goal, an overtime game winner, and then he had a few more after that. I really feel that he was starting to find his groove um, offensively. We all know he wasn't going to stay at zero percent shooting all season, and if games had kept going, I think he was due for more of a breakout, uh, which you know would have been great to see. And um, I think he would have been a key contributor in the playoffs. Finally, Amanda Kegley at Amanda Kegs. She said, "Charlie Coyle." That's it. That's the tweet. If you recall earlier this season, Amanda was on the podcast for our Charlie Coyle Appreciation Day. uh, I would have to agree with that. Charlie Coyle, for me, became a very important part of the Bruins team this season. He has become one of my favorite Bruins, both on and off the ice. In a handful of games prior to the pause, he led all Boston forwards in total ice time, which really shows you how much um, the... Bruins coaching staff came to rely on him in all situations. um, So that uh, bodes well for the future of this team. Sam Leeper also just tweeted at me with uh, the mom strip. We all know how special that mom strip was. Uh, That really seemed to turn the Bruins, not that it needed turning around, but they had gone through a bit of a dry spell. And then they uh, went on this winning streak with the moms around and really seemed to re-energize this group Um, So that is also a highlight as well. If you have any more, keep sending them along, and I'll revisit this uh, on Friday's podcast as well. But thanks for sending these in. Those were some great uh, reminders of how special this season had been to date. Let's finish up today's podcast with some news and notes from around the NHL. There's multiple reports coming out that the NHL is considering staging the 2020 draft in June Before the potential resumption of the schedule this summer, that would be, of course, unprecedented because the draft is typically held after the playoffs and the playoffs are used to determine draft order for the playoff teams. So it would create some buzz for the league, but also some potential complications such as, yeah, like I said, how uh, the draft lottery would work, how... um, The 16 teams that are in the playoffs, how that would be determined. Also some, you know, conditions pick, conditional picks that are tied to playoff performance or how far a team goes. uh, And maybe even trading players on current rosters, uh, which is usually a highlight of the draft as well. So there's a lot to be um, decided about the draft, whether it will go ahead prior to the resumption of play. but. Um. Yeah, who knows exactly how that's going to, to come about. Um, Friedman, Elliot Friedman, that is, of Sportsnet, he's reporting that the idea of staging neutral site games could indeed be a no-go. He says the league could instead consider using one NHL city per division for staging its games. And the plan remains to resume the regular season prior to jumping into the playoffs. Uh, which I guess is for the sake of fairness and getting everybody to an equal amount of games, but uh, seems a bit redundant at this point. Who really cares about regular season game between, say, the Devils and the Sabres, for example? Larry Brooks of the New York Post says, uh, you know, European players returning to North America could be a stumbling block for the league's plans to resume the schedule. Um, Different countries have different responses to the the pandemic. So Sweden, for example, has opted for very lax social distancing. And that has resulted in a huge bump in COVID-19 cases there. So what does that mean for Swedish players who have gone home to come back? Uh, They'd have to be in quarantine for at least 14 days before they'd be able to join their teams. So Uh, that could really cause a bit of a wrinkle as well. One other note, the Columbus Blue Jackets tried to get a jump on free agency by recently signing Mikhail Gregorenko from the KHL. You'll remember him as a highly touted Buffalo Sabres draft pick a few years ago. They signed him into a one-year contract for 2020-21, but that deal was rejected because he's ineligible to sign an NHL contract until free agency opens following the season. So the Blue Jackets released a statement saying, uh, we announced the signing of Gregorenko to a one-year contract. It was rejected by NHL Central Registry due to a misunderstanding with regards to the filing window. We have been in contact with the league and his agent, and the contract will be filed on July 1. So technically, he's not signed, but... He said he's made his decision. The contract is valid, and it will be filed when free agency begins. I don't think anything changes. There's no way I'm going to talk to other teams. That doesn't mean other teams might not try to slip in and approach him with a better offer. Uh, But, uh, you know, he says uh, they're a team that can offer me an opportunity. This is about the Blue Jackets. There aren't a lot of teams in the NHL that can offer that. If I come to camp well-prepared and play really good and earn my ice time, I'm going to, actually going to play. Everything's in my hands. He was the number 12 overall pick in 2012. He scored 22 goals and 42 assists in 217 NHL games with the Sabres and the Avalanche. Uh, and since going back to Russia, he's recorded... 116 points in 147 games. So there's still some talent there. Of course, he was part of the Olympic Athletes of Russia team that won gold in 2018 at the Pyeongchang Olympics. Um, Time will tell, but he's just getting into his prime as a player. Blue Jackets GM Yarmo Kekalainen said, 25 years old. We believe in his potential. So that's a really interesting move by the Blue Jackets, but also noteworthy because of the fact that it was rejected, first of all, and also that you know the league is still keeping an eye on signings and won't allow teams to sign players prior to the official free agency period whenever that does happen. Anyways, I thought that was interesting in case you missed that. Hope you're all doing well and continuing to take care of each other and yourselves during this period of social distancing. Uh, I don't know if you could hear any Screaming or a ruckus in the background, but, you know, my kids are at home trying to do some homeschooling through all this, which is a challenging go, but we're trying to make the best of it. Also, uh, yeah, right now, what are we watching to pass on some recommendations? Just finished the current season of Better Call Saul last night, which was excellent, and I can't wait for it to come back. I know it's going to be a while since you can't really gather to, um, make shows these days, but uh, I know there's one season left and I'm very excited to see how it all wraps up. We're also watching on HBO My Brilliant Friend, which is based on novels uh, out of Italy. Uh, you know, it might not be everyone's cup of tea, but uh, we really enjoy it and it's a great HBO show. Also watching The Last Dance. I started watching this show on netflix called uh what's it called <laughs> man like Mobeen. it's a british comedy which uh, is really good so far and has a lot to say apart from the laughs uh, so check that out if you have a chance let me know what you're watching let me know how you're keeping busy uh always love to hear from you guys at lo underscore boston Bruins or at locked on boston ruins at gmail.com we'll be back in a couple days with the next episode with a a very special guest. And I'm very uh, much looking forward to talking to as he um, crosses a lot off my list of interests in terms of hockey and otherwise. So just a small teaser for you. Um, So yeah, that's it for today's episode. Please subscribe, download, rate, and review the show and take care of yourselves again.